Thanks for checking out the One Church podcast today. If you are new to One Church and want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at imonechurch.com. Now here's a special message from some of our youth. Hi. How, how are you all this morning? Well, um, I'm in the One Youth Internship here at One Church, and they gave me the amazing chance to, to be here and, and just to preach y'all today. And um, yeah. So um, t- today we'll be reading in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. And for those of you who don't know, Saul isn't king anymore. So Samuel sent, no, Jesus sent Samuel to go get one of Jesse's sons to now be king. And um, so, so that's where we're at. And um, Jesse sends out some of his, you know, some of his best sons. And, it, and, it, and he sends out his first one. And Samuel says, no, not not him. Um, Jesse sends out his second. Nope. And then his, his third. And he sends out seven. And it is, it is none of them. So then he, Samuel asks, are these, are these all of your sons? And um, Jesse says, well, there's one in the back, but he is, is the sheep herder and he's herding sheep. And um, in, in that place, Samuel just felt God telling him that is the, that is the chosen one. So, so that's where we're at. And it says, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. If you're thinking those today, you can title this message, Blind Faith. Can I, can I pray with you all this morning? Dear God, I just thank you for every life here and that every, everyone's heart and ears are just open to hear your word. God, that you just use me to speak to every heart in here and that everyone leave change, that no one leave the same. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So how many of you like really scary ro- roller coasters? Well, that's, that's not me at all. Okay. I, I will not get on, on, on a ride that I don't know every single thing. That, that, like, if, if I don't know every turn, every hill, every drop-off, I'm not getting on. And um, so it was, it was a couple years back, and me and my family, we loaded up and, and went to Six Flags. And, um, and so, so it, of course, it was a long drive there, but I, I wouldn't know because I just slept the whole time. But anyway, so we finally get there and we get in and we're having the like we're having a complete blast because everyone knows that you don't go there every single day, right? So um, me and my dad just got off Shockwave, which is something I would have never got on. But I made the smart move to promise my, myself that I would get on every ride there if I if I felt like it, and I and I felt just tiny bit like it. So so I did and. Um, and then, so, so we were on the hunt for our next ride. And my dad said, why don't we ride Runway Mountain? And for those of you who don't know, that is a, that is a ride that is full on dark inside. Like, you can't even see your hands. You can't, you can't see anything. So, um, of course, I, I was younger. I was about 9 or 10, and I just heard that name, and I was, I was hyped for it. So, um, so, we're, so we're waiting to, for it to be our, our turn. And um, as, as soon as our cart pulls up for, for it to, to be our turn, I just hear this man talking, and he's talking about how it's, how it's full and dark inside, how, how you can't even look, look over and see the, the, um, the person that is, like, next to you. And 
I just, my, my heart just, just dropped. And, um, so we, so we were walking to, to, to sit into our cart and I pretty much fall into it cause my legs are shaking so bad. And, um, but I still, you know, I, I still had to, had to get on cause you know, I had to make that stupid promise to myself. And, um, and I just look over to my dad and I ask him, did you know that it was, that it was full on dark? And he, and he just kind of sit there and he was like, And then he, he just turns to me with this huge smirk on his face and says, yeah, just, yeah. I was like, what? And then, then he, he, he just says this one thing and he says, but I, I also knew that if, if I would have told you, then you wouldn't have ever got on. And I, I just say that to, to say that most of the time that's how God is, you know, God, God knows us in, inside and out, but he, and he just knows. God just knows us in, inside and out, and whatever he, he might be calling us to, he knows that if we know every single thing, that, that we won't even try to, to just get on or, or just to, to go after it. And, um, and that's how, how my dad was. My dad knew that if he, if he told me it was full on dark inside and that you, you couldn't see any turn that was coming up, then I would have just, no, let's go. Let's go write something else. I'm fine. And... Um, so I've, I just feel like there's three things that blind faith can, can look like. And the first one is scared. Um, I, was, I was so scared on that ride that my hands were, like, were, were slipping off of the bars that they put over you from sweat. I, I was not trying to, to even ride that ride. And, um, but as soon as I got buckled in, I knew that I, I just had to go in scared. And that's how, that's how it is with our faith. You know, we, we just have to go in scared because we don't know what all, what all is, is, is coming up. But, which that brings me to my second thing blind, blind faith looks like, and that's unknown. You know, I, I didn't know. I, I only knew the, the, the name on this ride. But let me just tell you that that, that, that wasn't my, my dad's first time on that ride. So just because we don't know what's, what's, what's coming ahead, Jesus does. And, you know, we just, we just try to hold, hold back because we're scared. But Jesus is trying to tell us, just, just go into it. Because this isn't my, my first time on it. I've, I've been through everything that you could even think of. And, and we're just scared to just go after it. But Jesus is just trying to tell us to just, head, to just go in head first. Because this, he, he's been on it with, he's, wow, he's been on it too. And um, my, my third and final thing that blind faith looks like is, is worth it. After, after I got off of that ride, I could not stop thinking about how much fun I had. Um, even though I'm, I may not have held, held my hands up the whole ride and been screaming, but I still had, had fun. In fact, I even, I even went on it for, for a second time. And, you know, I, I just love how it, how it shows it in first Samuel because David got told that he would be king. And then he went right back to just hurting sheep. You know, he, he, he didn't know what all, all challenges he would have to face. He just knew that in the end, he'd be king and it would all be worth it. And I just say that to say, like, Jesus, whenever he, he, he calls you out to just to, to go after something, he won't just, just leave you hanging. He will, he will make sure that it's, it, that it's worth it 
for the, and that you'll come out the best person you can be. Can I, can I pray with y'all as we close out our time this morning? Dear God, I just thank you for everyone here. Dear God, I just thank you that everyone leaves, leaves changed and that they just all got something out of it and that everyone leaves changed. See your name, I see things. Amen. morning. Wasn't that so good? Hey, so my name's Tara. I'm a part of One Youth here at One Church. And I'm so glad to be here. I just want to say a big thank you to Pastor Nancy, Pastor Jimmy, Pastor Brian, Pastor Crystal for this great opportunity. And so if you have your Bibles or maybe your phone, we're going to be in 1 Samuel 17, 45 through 46. And if not, it's going to be up here on the screen. And so just a little bit of background of what's going on. So Goliath is this 10-foot-tall giant, right? And he has come before the Israelite troops. And he says, I want to take someone one-on-one in battle. And the troops, they're, they're scared. Like, this is a big old giant. And so they're scared. And then David comes along, and he hears this. And he says, I want to do that. I want to go up against him. And so here we are, 1 Samuel 17, 45. It says, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the army of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And so if you're taking notes this morning, you can title this message, I Will Trust, And I just want to open us up in prayer before we get started. So, Lord, I just thank you for every person here, God. I thank you that you're opening up their hearts, Lord. You're opening up their ears just to be receptive to your word. And I thank you for what you're going to do in this service. I thank you that every life is going to be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. So how many of you are like me and you are always misplacing things? Like, literally, it can be your phone, your wallet, your charger, whatever it is. So... A couple weeks ago, I was, well, I had to take my driving test, and just thank God for that. That is a blessing in itself. And so a couple weeks ago, I'm getting ready to take my test, and the thing about the DMV is you have to bring so many different documents, right? So you have to bring your driving logs, your classroom logs, and you have to bring a school document. And so I just graduated, thank you, Jesus, and I was like, I'm going to bring my diploma, because that's way easier, and I'm going to get my license, and it's going to be great. And so it's the day of, and I'm doing a checklist, so there's no hassle, you know. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, where's my diploma? And so I don't panic. I'm just like, it's fine. It's probably under my bed somewhere. And so I go into my room, and I'm looking under my bed, and that's when the panic starts, because it's not there. And then I'm checking in my closet, and then I'm running to the garage. And as I'm running around, my dad's like, hey, why don't you call Michelle, which is my stepmom? Because moms know everything. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, it's my diploma. I'm going to do this on my own, and I'll find it. And so I'm running around looking in the same places because that's what we do. We think it's going to be in that same place you've already checked. And so I'm looking around and my dad, we're going back and forth. He's like, I think you should call Michelle. You know, trust Michelle. She'll know exactly where it's at. And I'm like, dad, 
I got it. Like, I'm grown. I can do this. And so <laughs> I'm running around. I'm still looking for it. And I, I'm getting so frustrated. And I'm like, God, I just wanted to get my license today. Like, this was the day I've been waiting for. And so finally, I think about what my dad said. And I sit down on my bed. And I'm like to the point where I'm almost crying because I'm just so frustrated. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give Michelle a call. This is, this is all I got left. And so I pick up my phone. And I give her a call, and I'm like, Michelle, I've been looking for this thing for like 30 minutes. And in a moment, she tells me exactly where it's at. And I begin to think about this, and isn't that how God looks at us sometimes? You know, he sees us, we're running around, we're like, God, I can't do this on my own, I'm stressed out. And he says, can you just give it to me? Can you just trust in me? Can I be your first option? And so what I love about David, he says, I come before you in the name of the Lord Almighty. You know, how many times do we look at our battle and we see our Goliath, we see our struggle and we say, God, or our struggle, we say, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And so we can learn a lot from David, but the first thing I want to talk about is that in order to have a trust like David, we have to know God. You know, in our own life, we have our friends and our coworkers and whoever it may be, and we don't just trust them because we know them. We have to build a relationship with them. We have to get to know them. You know, how many of you have a best friend? Man, my best friend is Sarah. She's right over there. We do everything together. We are like sidekicks. But the thing about Sarah is I didn't see her so many years ago and say, ooh, I choose her. That's my best friend. See, it took me having to talk to her. It took me getting to know her, spending time with her. And the same thing is true with God. And I love David. He always had a heart to know God. And so I think a great way we have to get to know God is through his word. You know, I love in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, every part of scripture is God-breathed. I love that. Isn't that amazing? That the God of the world took his time to write his very words to us. You know, I think there's something about reading his word where we can really just obtain a good understanding of who God is. And so the second thing I think we have to do is we have to talk to him. And so how we do that is through prayer. And so really when we're praying, that's our way of saying, God, I surrender to you. Like, your ways are higher than my ways. And this is something David did often. You know, we see in the book of Psalms, in Psalm 16, it says, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. In Psalm 18, it says, In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help from his temple. He heard my voice. You know, when I was struggling to find my diploma, I had to call Michelle. I had to reach out to her. And so the same is true with God. When we're needing something, when we're believing for something, it takes us reaching out to him. It takes us picking up that phone and say, God, I need you. You know, in Matthew, Matthew 7, 7, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. John 14, 14, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. I love that because it's so simple. All we have to do is ask and he's ready to jump up and say, I want to do that for you. And so the last thing we have to do is we have to remember the past. You know, a lot of times we're told it's so important not to look back at your past. Don't look back at what you've done. Move on. But I think when it comes to past victories that we have to look back on God's faithfulness and said, if you did it for me, then you can do it again. You know, before David has even gone up before Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, 37, it says, David says, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hands of this Philistine. David knew without a doubt that if God did it then in the field, he can do it again in the fight. 
you know, a couple of months ago, I was at work and I was really struggling financially, which is probably weird because you're like, you're like 18, but I was really struggling and my senior year was coming up and I was like, God, how am I going to pay for all this? And I'm really just stressed about it and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And so I'm sitting at work and I'm like, okay, I'm going to write a prayer to God, which is something I don't do often. But I was like, I feel like I just need to lay this down. And so I'm writing out my prayer, and in that moment, as I'm writing down how I'm talking, to, I'm talking about how I'm struggling with my finances, my boss comes out, and he says, I want to give you a raise. And you know, to some, that may seem small, but that was building my faith for the big. And so now, when it comes to my future, and you know, I'm struggling, and I'm dealing with trust, I can look back on that very moment and say, God, you did it for me then. You know, I don't know what you're going through. Maybe it's a financial burden and the bills are stacking up and you're wondering how you're going to pay for it. Or maybe it's your marriage or maybe it's your kids and you're wondering, God, how am I going to, how am I going to get them back to you? I just want to encourage you, look back on what he's done for you in the past. I just want you to take a moment to look at God's goodness before. And before we close, I would love to pray for you. And so, God, I just thank you for every person here, Lord. I thank you that right now a new trust is building in them, God, that when it comes to battles, God, when their Goliath is standing in their way, Lord, that you are going to be there, right there next to them, God. I thank you for what you're going to do in their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, wasn't that so awesome? That was amazing. That was amazing. I think I'm ringing. Maybe. No. <clears throat> my name is Jimmy Sai. Uh, me and my wife, Nancy, have the awesome opportunity uh, to lead the students here at One Church. But can we just take a moment to give it up again for those two students? That was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, both of those students were part of our internship uh, program this summer. And what that was, we just took 14 students for four weeks and just poured into them uh, spiritually, uh, leadership-wise. We taught them uh, practical life skills. Uh, we made them work out, come on, in the 100-degree heat. Uh, that was their favorite part. They wish they could continue that part. I know it. I believe it in my heart. Uh, but one of the assignments they had to do uh, during this four weeks is they had to study and prepare and preach a message to us. Uh, and I just want to tell you, all 14 did awesome. Uh, they were amazing messages. And we have some preachers here in this house. They did awesome. But we did have to narrow it down, and we had to choose which ones were uh, going to preach this morning, but it was a hard decision. Every one of them did awesome. So if you see any of one of them, just, uh, just tell them they did awesome. Uh, it takes a lot of courage to be up here, yeah. to see, to, but to see young people doing that, that is awesome. I'm, uh, I know uh, me and Nancy are so proud of them. It's like a, a proud parent moment, uh, but they did awesome. They did awesome. This is your first time here. We welcome you. Thank you for joining us here at One Church. Uh, you joined us on a special Sunday, obviously. Uh, normally, we don't have youth kids preaching, uh, but I invite you to come back next week. Our lead pastors, Pastor Brian and Pastor Crystal Sparks, are phenomenal. They are my favorite preachers. So you have to come back next week and, um, and hear one of their messages. So if this is your first time, thank you for joining us. But I'm going to be in 1 Samuel 18, 1 through, 4, uh, 1 through 4. 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 4. Here we go. 
Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Verse 2, meaning Saul took David uh, to the palace. and uh, So David lived at the palace from that day forward. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David. And with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. I want to preach a message today called... Excited about the palace. Excited about the palace. But I want to pray as we begin. Father, we just thank you right now. We give you this uh, service. Holy Spirit, I say, uh, just have your way. Yes. Speak through me. Uh, these people did not, hear a wor- uh, did not come to hear a word from man, but they came to hear a word from you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Who in here has ever been so excited to go somewhere or do something, but it didn't live up to your expectations. Come on. I think that's the majority of us. Majority of us. I think the most popular one is uh, eating at restaurants. You know, your friends or your girlfriends tell you, hey, you have to go to this restaurant. It's awesome. The service is great. The food is phenomenal. And you get excited and you finally go and it didn't live up to your expectations. Right? Right. Or ladies, your girlfriend tells you about a new nail place, and they're like, this place is awesome. They do such a great job. Look at my nails. You have to go. So all week long, you're thinking about it. I got to go. I got to go. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. And then you finally go, and your nails look like you've been playing with rocks. It didn't live up to your expectation. Or men, you know, someone tells you about a new haircut place. Well, the ones with hair, but the ones without, just bear with me for a little bit. Uh, if someone tells you about a new haircut place, you've got to check it out. They do a mean fade. It's clean. You've got to go. And you finally go, and your haircut's like this. And you're like, this did not live up to my expectations. Uh, one of these places for many years was Disney. It did not live up to my expectations. I'm getting booze up here, so men, give me yays. Yay! It did not live up to my expectations. Uh, growing up as a child, me and my family, we didn't take many vacations. Uh, really, we didn't take any vacations, not even many. We didn't take any. We didn't go anywhere. My parents didn't take me anywhere. I was deprived as a child. Uh, y'all pray for my parents. There's something wrong with them. But we didn't go anywhere. And one of the places I always wanted to go was Disney. It looked so cool on television. Right. When my friends would go, they'll tell me how awesome it was. So my expectation was built up to here. Yeah. But then Disney claims to be the happiest place on earth. Right. The most magical place on earth. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if you're telling me it's magical, it better be magical. <laughs> if you're telling me it's the happiest place, I better not get frustrated there. I better not get annoyed there. I better not get angry there because it's supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to be full of joy the whole time. So I remember uh, my very first time uh, I was married, and we went as a family, and we pull up to the line where you buy, the, buy your tickets. Not what I was expecting. <laughs> What's crazy, this, listen to this, guys. This is crazy. They had the same exact line as they do at Six Flags in Arlington, Texas. <laughs> 
I travel to a whole different state to stand in a line that looks like one that's in Arlington, Texas. Not what I expected. Definitely not what I expected. As the day went on, I started thinking to myself, it sure is hot. You know what? It kind of feels like the Texas heat. I bet Six Flags is just as hot as it is here. I went to a whole different state to stand in the same heat I could in my own state. Not what I expected. The lines were just as long at Six Flags, but I will, I will tell you this though, the churros were magical. They were magical. They were magical. But I only had one problem with the churros. You know, God, God gave, a, gave a promise of the promised land looking like uh, flowing with milk and honey. If Disney is so magical, why weren't the churros just laying on the ground? You know, if it's so magical and so happy, I should just be able to walk, pick up churros, and eat them. That's what I'm expecting. I have high expectations. I don't expect that to pay for every churro I eat. And I eat quite a few of them. I don't expect to pay for them. You know, I, th- I think if we're honest in this place, we've all gone through a season or entered in something, and we're excited, but it wasn't what we expected. It wasn't what we expected. See, when I was at Disney, I caught myself being frustrated, annoyed, tired, a grouch. I was that guy at Disney. Uh, I know, hard to believe. Hard to believe. Hard to believe that was me. But I, felt, I caught myself being all those things. But then something happened. In a moment, for some reason, I glanced over at my girls. And on their face, all I saw was joy, Come on. happiness, Come on. and excitement. Come on. Yeah. See, what happened is I let myself focus on the things that I thought it should have looked like or shouldn't look like. Come on. It let, me, let me take my focus off the thing that was important. So when I shifted my focus to the face of my girls, I found myself only seeing joy, Come on. only seeing excitement. Come on. As money just coming out of my wallet, all I see is happiness, <laughs> joy, excitement. That's all I see. As the line's getting longer, all I see is, I'm way out here and the line's longer. All I see is happiness, joy, and excitement. I love in the text I just read, we see David, finally making it to the palace. This is right after he defeats Goliath. I don't know about you, but if I just defeated Goliath, I expect some royal treatment. Like y'all should carry me to the palace. And then once I get there, I should get Manny and Petties all day with back rubs and steak waiting for me all the time. Because I just killed Goliath. There wouldn't even be David and Goliath without me. Come on, guys. Come on. So he just defeats Goliath, and they take him to the palace. But as we, as we continue to read scripture, I don't think it looked like what he thought it would. Because as we continue to read scripture, the current king, Saul, actually makes multiple attempts on his life. He tries to kill him, in other words. The current king, Saul, sends him out to battle several times, hoping he would die in battle. He even has to flee the palace and hide in the wilderness because he's scared for his life. That's not the palace I would be expecting. That's not the palace I would be expecting. How, how often in our own lives that, that we enter in something? Maybe, maybe you prayed for many years for a spouse. Come on, God, give me a spouse. I'm ready. I'm ready. God brings you someone. Thank you, Jesus. This is the perfect one. This is the perfect one. 
Hallelujah. All right, Jesus, I'm going to pray one more time before I ask the big question. Jesus, give me peace if this is the one. Right. You have peace. All right, I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to ask the question. The wedding day comes. The honeymoon comes. Right. But then after that, the bills come. <laughs> the dirty dishes come. <laughs> the dirty diapers come. Right. The little disagreements come. Right. come it's on. not what I expected. Come on. It's not what I expected. Come on. Maybe you pray, pray to God for, for a new opportunity, a promotion. Uh, maybe you ask God to open a door for you to start your business. And he did it. Right. And you step into it excited. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to work less. I'm going to be home more. It's going to be more pay. And you step into it. It's more work. You're home not often at all. Right. You, get, you get home late, so you're going through the drive-thru. <laughs> and now your boss is more worried about what you're doing now than before. It's not what I expected. Not what I expected. And I think oftentimes we find ourselves in these situations like I was at Disney. You find yourself, you're frustrated. You're angry. But in that moment, just like I was at Disney, I shifted my focus to the face of my daughter. And the scripture, I love David because he's known as a man after God's own heart. He's known as a man who God was with. After all that he went through, how, is he, how, how can that be? How is he not known for an angry man? Right. A man of disbelief. A frustrated man, because that's how I would be. But how come David is known as a man after God's own heart? And a man who God was with? I think it comes down to one simple thing. He sought the face of God all the time. He sought the face of God all the time. So as he's facing off at, at the giant, Goliath, he doesn't even see the giant. He's looking at the face of yeah. God. And all he sees is mercy. Yeah. All he sees is grace. Yeah. All he sees is goodness. Yeah. All he sees is faithfulness. Yeah. That's all he sees. I believe when we begin to shift our focus, when we take our focus on everything we thought our spouse should do or shouldn't do, and begin to shift our focus onto the face of God, all you begin to see is goodness, faithfulness, grace, yes. mercy, yes. strength. Yes. You take your focus off the things your boss does or doesn't do. Yeah. And you begin to focus on the face of God. Come on. We begin to focus on the face of God. I don't know how you came in today. Maybe you're in a season where it's not what, it, what you thought it would be. Maybe your marriage isn't what you thought it would be. Maybe your current job isn't what you thought it would be. Maybe your past excitement phase is not what you thought it would be. But I know this, no matter how you came in or no matter your circumstance, when we begin to shift our focus to the face of God, we won't see the pile of debt. We won't see the pile of dishes. We won't see the dirty diapers. All we see is goodness, grace, mercy, salvation, redemption. That's all we see. That's all we see. That's all we see. Just like at Disney. That's all I saw was goodness, excitement, happiness. All these people that annoyed me, I no longer saw them. They were there, but I didn't see them anymore. But what I was focused on, that's what changed me. That's what changed me. Every head bow, every eye closed in this place.
I don't know how you came in. I don't know your circumstance. I don't know what you're dealing with. But maybe you've taken your focus off the face of God and you're so focused on what's going on. You're so focused on the things that you think are wrong or that you're so focused on it's not what I expected. In this moment, I just want to declare, let's reshift our focus to the face of God. Let's reshift our focus. So whatever you're dealing with, I just declare, let's begin to shift our focus and look upward and only see the face of God, the face of grace, face of mercy, faithfulness, goodness. I think when we shift our focus to the face of God, it's hard not to see love. When we're looking at the face of God, we see love, love in the form of Jesus Christ. A love so deep that he sent his one and only son for us. A love so deep that Jesus would die on the cross for me and you. A love so deep that we don't have to work for. A love so deep that we can't earn. A love so deep that made us in right standing with God. No matter our mistakes, no matter our mess ups, no matter our shortcomings. A love so deep that Jesus died for us. At One Church, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially, you can go online to imonechurch.com slash give. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at imonechurch.com. Thanks for listening and have a great week.